Welcome back to Love Under Lockdown, a podcast that follows four couples as they navigate living together and apart during quarantine. I'm Pallavi Kutamasu. This is week six, our final week. We begin this episode the same way we began the series, with Whitney and Suri. After six weeks of recording, they've been reflecting on how their isolation has affected their relationship. Usually I'm doing this outside on the porch, but now we're in here. Whitney's not paying attention to this. She's instead devoting all of her attention to rat dog which is which is which is consistent (laughs) and a great metaphor for how our time has been going in quarantine (laughs) so just very distracted by the sights and sounds of the dog this is nugget (laughs) he's a little rapscallion our relationship is a complex one you know i just showed up and didn't leave one day and and like displaced him from where he sleeps and took away his mama and some of the excessive attention that she gives him um, and the like excessive babying. And, you know, I try to like be a responsible parent and tell him, Hey, You're not allowed to scream at anyone who's walking by. You know, I always have to be the bad cop. (laughs) I have to be the bad parent. And Whitney's like, oh, you're so precious. Quietly growl, quietly. And Suri will be like, no, get so many. Why don't you discipline him for that? I'm like, it's okay for him to growl every now and then. He's growling and snarling, which immediately is, is always immediately followed up by a fit of barking. That's not true. And so I'm trying to nip it in the bud for the sake of the neighborhood. And her approach is more like he can just bark for like 45 That's seconds. And then maybe I'll say, Nugget, dear, come inside. <laughs> this is not accurate. This is not accurate. Also, like if we're talking about Nug and Suri's relationship, it has gotten so, so, so much better. It's not just that, like, suddenly one day you were here and you disciplined him. Before you moved in, when we were just dating for, like, what, four months or whatever before all this, uh-huh. you, like, actively, like, disliked him and were not, like, loving to him. And then Correct. now you totally have turned a in corner. In part because he's a completely unchecked asshole to not. everyone he encounters due this to your lack accurate. of parenting. This is not accurate. It's entirely accurate. You just have blinders on because he's your son. Literally everyone. uh, No, 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 I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this again. Anyway. I don't know that there's a way to think about like the challenges of the last month without them all like combining. Like because every single rough thing impacted the others they're all like intermingled with me being sick with us crash course living together while you're now my caretaker we didn't ever make a conscious decision to like move in together nor were we at a place where we would have 
but like now you're like my hospice <laughs> caretaker. Yeah. Not having like any sense of personal space has been hard. Oh, yes. So hard. Yes. And just feeling like, and I don't mean this in a bad way <laughs> at all. Please go on. <laughs> feeling like um, our relationship is taking up like too much of my life because yes. our whole world has become so insular and so small in this time. Well, that's all That's all there is now. That's all there is. Like, it's just like, how are you feeling today? How am I feeling today? How are we feeling about careers each Careers are on oh, hold. God. Socialization is at a standstill. Entertainment doesn't exist outside the home. And there's, all we do is watch stuff together. There's like, just our relationship as this one singular unit. Yes. And that's like from moment we wake up so we go to sleep constantly checking in <laughs> doing yeah. okay love you are you all right are we good ah. Ah, ah, kill me get me out of here well we're also still like she's still recovering definitely turned a huge corner in terms of health but like energy wise she's not back to normal back to fully being herself, which I think compounds the situation. Well, I just so I want to make sure need that, you for more stuff, too. Yeah, and I just want to make sure she's okay, and then also it's like if you were feeling at full strength you'd be like, I'm gonna go run with my dog, like, I'll see you later. Yeah. That just doesn't happen now, and then... I think, like, some codependency, like, developed more in that time when we were yeah. just, like... So now, like, when one of us does want to take space, it can feel like... Like it's coming from a bad place or something, or like it can feel like harsh to the other person, even though there's no reason for it to. We both are experiencing the same stuff. Yeah, we were not prepared for this. We did not want this. But here we are. Best <laughs> love. <laughs> Inseparable. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> It's hard to say what the future holds for these two. They've had very little time to think about what happens next. But for our other couples, lockdown has provided nothing but time. Edwin and Kelsey in particular have really been thinking about their long-term goals. Hey, it's Kelsey. You might hear like a little noise in the back because um, Mateo is with me. Mama! Yay, baby! Okay, go get your boy toy. Boy toy. Boy toy. Up on the car. And broom, broom. Edwin and Kelsey have been keeping their son indoors because he has trouble leaving his mask on. But recently, Kelsey decided to try taking him outside one more time. On Sunday, I took out Matteo because, you know, he started the mask on. So that was like a little trial that we did. And then I need to grab a pickup order, a Target. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess we'll see how this goes. Mateo kept on his mask the whole time. I was just holding his hand the whole time, which is great. So we'll see how that goes, if we're going to keep doing that in the future. As a mom, I have a different mentality, and I wish nothing but the best for my son's sake. I don't want him growing up in a house, just being stuck in it because there's a virus killing people outside, and that's very sad. 
I want him to be out there just how I was when I was a kid. I would be playing outside, running, biking, skating, you know, name it all. I was doing it. And I want Mateo to do the same. I want him to be out there. I want him to experience the world and not just being inside the house. So what is my dream? My dream is pretty much just to be my own boss, to work from home, just have time for my family. That's like the main thing because time goes by so fast that, you know, if you just focus on working, 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 by the time that you're 60, you just, I feel like I just wasted time where I could see my kids grow up and like have first with them, you know, like the first time he rides a bike, the first time that, you know, he goes to middle school and I take him, something like that. My dream future is simple. It's not that big. Marriage is obviously something that we talked about before, especially being in a six-year relationship. I want to be married, but later on, after I finish my school, I want to have a pretty legit wedding where we can invite all of our relatives that wants to come, especially that's like abroad and stuff like that. So I just want to be um, financially stable. I was actually thinking that the other day, if I was going to work full-time or half-time, probably half-time, because I like spending time with my kid and with Edwin, of course, so we'll see how that works. We'll see our schedule and the salary that we would make and if I would be able to work half-time or full or would need to work full-time. <laughs> Loco! What did you do? What did you do? Help. Help? You don't do that. You're going to hurt. You're gonna get hurt. I just want like a two-story home, traditional home. Like really, it's nothing fabulous about it, but you know, it's like a simple dream house. So I do want a front lawn and a backyard, <laughs> just because I want to like squeeze in like a little pool in the back and kind of gate that, just because so the kids won't, you know, it won't be a harm to their lives. I want it like all windowed, so it's like very bright natural light in there. I don't want it like what we have here. It's like we only have like like a tiny window, so it's really hard. It feels really dark. It's kind of impossible to think that I can achieve it, but you know, after school and when I do become an RN, your wage is gonna be up, and then you know, because you know, I can like provide better and like have a better house environment for the kids. I don't want him being stuck in an apartment, like especially a studio apartment or a single apartment. It's not impossible. The youngest of all our couples, Edwin and Kelsey are still figuring it out. And when they look forward, all they see is limitless potential. But not everyone is as excited to talk about the future as they are. For instance, Randy and Mary. I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And I know that sounds stupid, but I say that all the time. And unfortunately, I do believe that this happened because the world is overpopulated. And Mother Earth has to balance somehow, some way. There's a natural balance to things, and I think we are imbalanced in general. And I know that sounds callous, but to be honest, totally honest, I don't get really that sad about death. Everyone dies. I'm going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to die. Like, nobody lives <laughs> forever. We are not meant to persist. I think everything is cause and effect, so certainly in that sense, everything happens for a reason. But I don't know that there's one cosmic truth or something like that where all of the situations and moments in our lives are supposed to lead us to that understanding. And so I truly believe that this 
even in our, with our best efforts, there's going to be a giant loss of life and it's going to be traumatic for our sense of normalcy and reality and everyone's going to question existence and maybe that's not such a bad thing. I mean, the thing that's sort of weighing on me right now is whether or not Brandy and I should get back together. I don't want to make the decision to get back together while we're in a pandemic. <laughs> it just seems like a bad idea. It feels like a no-brainer sometimes that, like, of course we should get back together. Like, why wouldn't we? We work so well together. We continue to have the same conversations we'd have even if we weren't in quarantine. Should we get back together? Should we not get back together? Pros and cons of getting back together. Do you want to date other people? Do I want to date other people? All of those kinds of conversations continue and are probably going to be ongoing. To my point of view, the real glory or the real fine points of life are in the unplanned things. So, you know, following the plan is great, but the real adventure, the real excursion, the real beauty is in those detours you had no intention of taking. Brandy and Mary have no idea where this current detour is going, but they are, despite everything that's happened, glad to be taking it together. Which brings us to Fred and Jess. I was not expecting to get my test results from my COVID test that night. And then I got a call from the testing center to say that I was negative and I was in the middle of a Zoom meeting and I kind of freaked out and jumped up and I was like, you guys, I ha I'm negative. I have to take a moment right now. And I called Fred. She was excited. She could barely get off the phone. And he was like, get home now. Threw all my stuff into suitcases and bags and I went running out the door. I hugged and thanked my friend who I've been staying with and I bombed out of there, got home. My dog, Waffles, he is going to bark as soon as you hit two houses down. He's ridiculous. So he's going to smell something, hear something, get near that window and bark like a Tasmanian devil and go crazy. I open the door and the kid just like looks at me like, what is happening right now? The baby, I have to say, was a little bit shocked and kind of stuck like a deer in headlights because he was excited, but it was like, wait, what's going on? He came over and he said, Mama, and then hugged me. And then Waffles got let in from outside and he went crazy. Literally went crazy, peed all over the steps. I mean, like, just went nuts. He was easily the most enthusiastic. Well, all the boys were very enthusiastic to see me. Waffles wins the award for biggest freak out. And we all just hugged and smooched. I have my family back, so I'm just very happy to be in a space where it's familiar and it's safe. And I was feeling really great today, probably the best I have since this whole thing started, because I'm finally home with my family, and it's just the best thing in the entire world. We are going to go on a family hike up to a park in Malibu and let the kid run around and just get some fresh air. I chased a butterfly. I wish I got that excited about butterflies. My partner is back, so I can do this quarantine. I'm good. I could do this for another eight months. Nine months to a year, because as long as Jessica and the baby and waffles, I'm good. That's my ride or die, so yeah. 
I'm excited, we're all excited, family's back, and you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. Love, companionship, solidarity, the very things that fill us with anxiety when we're alone are bearable, even surmountable, when we face them together. Chances are, when you hear this, the nation will still be wrestling with the pandemic. It may feel like there's no end in sight, but as we weather the storm together, we hope you found love under lockdown, whatever that means to you. On behalf of everyone at Paradiso, thank you so much for listening. This show would have been impossible without the generosity of our amazing couples who shared their lives with us. Thank you to Whitney and Sari, Edwin and Kelsey, Brandy and Mary, and Jess and Fred. We truly could not have done this without you. Love Under Lockdown was produced by me, Pallavi Kutamasu. Story editor is Brandon Phibbs. Executive producer is Emmy Norris. Associate producers are Molly O'Keefe and Brendan Galbraith. Audio engineer is Morgan Jaffe. Sound mixer is Tim Dornbush. Original music by Cedric Santens. Love Under Lockdown was based on an idea by Jeanne Boazek. Thank you to the Paradiso team in France, Lorenzo Benedetti, Louis Debussy, and Benoit Deneg. Additional thanks to Michael Norris.